Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and this week in production, it's a Halloween nightmare. This week in production is produced by Art Aldridge. The thoughts and opinions expressed here are undoubtedly his own. You can reach Art at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. You can also record a message for Art by calling 601564-TWIP. That's 601564-8947. October 31st was an important date on the calendar this year. It was the second to last golf event of the year. And it was one that was going to give us about four or five weeks between events. We've been on the road literally for 15 weeks straight. I've talked about many times the travel problems we've had, the the chaos. But what happened on October 31st has never happened to me before. And I hope it never happens to you or me ever again. As frequent listeners of this podcast know, my crew travels into the destination where the job is from many locations. Boston for Tom and Lou. New York, we have a handful of crew, Dave and George and Grandpa Lou. And we have Doug in Philly. We have John in Houston. We have Nick in Los Angeles. We have Christian in Denver now. And, you know, getting everyone into the job at the same time is a little tricky. Part of my job is definitely being a travel agent, but it is certainly not part of the job I enjoy. I do it because it makes everyone else's participation in the job easier. So as I was planning for this particular trip, the first flights that I usually book are the New York crew, and that sort of sets the timing and the the pacing for everyone else's travel. And I noticed that out of Newark on United, which is my primary carrier of choice, there were no direct flights to Dallas in the morning. And I did not understand uh, why that was, but it was. And so I decided that I would book myself a connection because I did need some flight segments to reach my uh, 1K status for 2022. That's always part of the planning if you're a frequent flyer is, you know, making your your status level or aspiring to your next status level, right? You always try to see if you're going to make it or if you need a, a segment or an extra mileage run somewhere, as I've been known to do. That's just, as they say, part of the game. But I booked a connection uh, to Dallas via Dulles Airport, IAD, Washington, D.C. If you're not a uh, alphabet geek in the airline game. And it was an early flight. It was a 6 a.m. flight out of Newark with a one-hour connection in Dulles. And it got me into Dallas around 11.15 or so in the morning. Then I looked and said, well, you know, I don't think I should force the rest of the New York traveling crew to have to do this particular uh, leg with a connection and an early flight. Because that's an early, early wake up. I got up at 4 a.m., got to the airport by 5, you know, boarded by 5.30. 
not that's not pleasant and especially when you have to work all day so i decided i would book the other new york crew out of kennedy airport not as convenient for some but more convenient for others and there was a jet blue flight that was leaving at a more reasonable hour like 8 a.m i think and got in around the same time i did and i try to bring all the crew there so we can transport in as few of vehicles as possible to the course and do our setup and, and you know get on with our day. I had the Boston crew booked on a Delta flight direct to Dallas, and they were leaving around the same time as the Kennedy crew. And I had uh, Mr. Doug in Philadelphia. That is an American Airlines hub. There's not too many flight options out of there that are not American. So he was booked on an American Airlines flight direct to Dallas a little later in the day than the others because he's just on travel for that particular day. And then I had Nick coming out of L.A. on United and John out of Houston uh, on United as well. And everyone was going to rendezvous at the airport and then go to the course. I should have known that there was some kink in the plan when about a week ahead of the flights, I always send out the travel itinerary and say, check your reservation with the carrier to make sure there are no misspellings in your name or that your you know known traveler number is not included or you have the right seat or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so one of the New York guys said, hey, that reservation number you gave us for JetBlue is not coming up with anything. I said, that's weird. So I go back and I look at the ticket purchase, and it's a JetBlue flight. It's booked on the JetBlue website, but it's actually an American Airlines plane and flight number. So I said, well, check it in American Airlines system. And sure enough, it came up there. So I was like, oh, I didn't know JetBlue and American were affiliated somehow. I don't think they've merged, but whatever their relationship is, they're code sharing flights, which confused me. But nonetheless, they figured it out. And uh, here it is on Halloween morning. I get up the, uh, as we say, the butt crack of dawn and I head to the airport and uh, I'm on the plane and I haven't had my espresso because it's too early to make it in my house without waking everyone up. And the United Club, of course, has taken their machines out in Newark. So I'm a little cranky. I'm a little tired. And I'm just, you know, waiting for my short hop to Dulles. We're sitting at the gate. The door is open. People are boarded the plane, but we're not closing the plane and uh, taxiing as we should be. And uh, the pilot gets on and says, hey, there's a little... Uh, problem with the cargo door, but it's not going to delay us. We're just going to get some paperwork signed off by maintenance and we're going to push back. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I have an hour or so window. It's a short flight. They're probably going to make it up. I'll, I'll be fine in my timing. We close the door about, I don't know, 6.15. Maybe it's closer to 6.30. We taxi out and we don't get to the, out to the runway, but we get out onto the tarmac and the pilot gets on the plane and says well there's a problem still with the cargo door we're going to take you back to the gate and i know some of you have tight connections so if you want to get off the plane you can i was like well that's really weird because that implies that it's going to take 
some time to fix said cargo door, and I'm not sure what to do. So we go back to the gate. They open the door, and like a lot of people get off the plane. Now, I had an upgrade. I'm in first. No service before they take off, so it's not like I was getting any benefit there, but I was just sitting there, and I'm like, well, I'll just wait a few minutes and see if they fix it and go because I still have some time. So I'm sitting there waiting for them to make some announcement as to our status. And then I get a message from Grandpa Cortese in Kennedy with the audio boys, Dave and George. And I uh, read it and it says, um, we just boarded the plane, but then they got on the uh, intercom and said that the pilots are not available and we have to get off and the flight's been canceled. And I was like, WTF, that's really bizarre. So I said, okay, keep me updated. I'm not sure what's happening with my flight, but I'm supposed to be taken off soon. But let me know what the JetBlue person says about, you know, how you get into Dallas. And then they come back on the intercom and say, you know, we're still waiting for maintenance to address this issue. That's when I just decided to get off the plane. And now I have to get myself rebooked somehow to Dallas. You know, if, if there's any delay in the whole schedule, right, it throws a ripple effect into the day's setup and all the things like that. Fortunately, the gear was already in Texas. We had been in Houston the week before. Uh, Christian and Sputnik were driving between Houston and Dallas. I believe there was a stopover in San, in San Antonio for some barbecue. Uh, that might be a different podcast, perhaps. But anyway, the gear was already there. I just needed to get the crew to Dallas. And now I am walking off the plane at the gate uh, in Newark. And, you know, of course, because I didn't get off right away, there's a huge line overwhelming the one gate agent that is now trying to rebook people. So I, I call my special United 1K number, and they usually pick up without even a ring. It's supposed to be a dedicated line, but I get a, a please hold on, your wait time's about five minutes. So I'm on hold with United, trying to get rebooked somehow to Dallas. And I figured if I got to Houston, I could get on the same flight that uh, John was taking out of Houston to Dallas. So I decided to just walk to the gate while I'm holding with United to try and rebook myself. Meanwhile, there's text flying back and forth from the New York crew saying there's no flights on JetBlue and they don't know what to do. And I said, well, why don't you check other airlines at this point? Check Delta, check, uh, you know, American, check uh, United. I said, even check, you know, you're at Kennedy, you can go over to LaGuardia. Or you, I mean, if you had to, you can go over to Newark. I mean, I know it's not elegant, but these are potentials. And so now there's like this chaoticness that's now thrown into my universe thinking, okay, how the heck am I going to get everyone into Dallas in time to do setup? So I go to the United Club as I'm talking to the 1K desk, and they're trying to rebook me, and they think they have it figured out, but they said, your seat is still assigned to 
um, the you know first itinerary. You need to go back to the gate and ask the gate agent to release it. That's not practical because I'm not even near the gate right now. And there's a big giant line. So I wouldn't make the new flight in time to do that. She's like, okay, let me see if I can call the gate. You know what gate it was? And I give her the gate number and she's going to try to call. So I'm holding. Meanwhile, I'm texting with uh, grandpa about other flight options. And I'm starting to do some research. And I see that American Airlines has canceled 800 flights this particular weekend which turns out to be related to their COVID policy and not all of their workforce was allowed to report to work. Breaking news now, there are lots of stranded people at airports right now, including LAX. American Airlines has canceled more than 1,700 flights this weekend, including nearly 30 at LAX today. The company says this is due to bad weather in Texas as well as staffing shortages. Travel expert Johnny Jett tells CBS 2 News more about what's really going on with the airline. Well, there was some weather in Dallas. They had wind shear. Um, I don't know if it was so bad to cause thousands of cancellations. But the problem is the airlines these days, especially American and Southwest, they're really extending themselves where, you know, they don't have a lot of people on reserve. It's towards the end of the month when a lot of the flight attendants and pilots have maxed out their hours. American Airlines sent a statement to CBS 2 News. It says in part, we continue to staff up across our entire operation, specifically for flight attendants. We have nearly 1,800 returning from leave starting November 1st, and the remainder are coming back by... December 1st. Well, much more on the cancellations and the concerns for holiday travel ahead here on CBS 2 News at 6. And I guess they hadn't anticipated it. I'm not really sure why, but now it's starting to make sense. But now I'm realizing that a few other crew members are going to have problems like Dougie in Philly. He's on American. I check in with him. He's like, hey, I just got an email saying my flight's canceled and they can't rebook me till Tuesday. I'm like, oh boy. Meanwhile, I'm running now back to my gate, the new gate, which was unfortunately right next to my old gate. But now I'm all the way at the club and I have like 10 minutes to get to the new gate to get on this flight to Houston, which will get me in, not in time for that connector that I wanted, but the next one out. So I'll still get there by 2.30, which is fine. But now I've got three guys in New York that have no way to get to Dallas right now. And then the Boston boys who are on Delta tell me that there's a mechanical issue on their plane and they're being deplaned and they're not sure when they can get out to Dallas. So now I'm looking at the very real scenario that I will have no crew in Dallas for setup and perhaps even for the shoot. And I'm about to, you know, have the cabin door closed and go, you know, take off for Houston. So I'm like, all right, I'll just buy the Wi-Fi, which is a crapshoot, but I'll buy the Wi-Fi. At least I could text and check other flights and, and try to work from the plane as best I can. I am literally going through a million iterations of what can I do, including how do I start booking locals to replace my travel crew that may or may not get there? While I'm sitting on the plane waiting for the cabin door to close on my new flight to Houston, 
I get another bit of news, third hand from P2 Lou, who says, George, your audio guy in New York um, is not doing well. I said, oh, I know he had some, you know, family um, circumstances, a death in the family. And, you know, he's he's probably a little uh, shaken up with that. He goes, no, no, there's something medically wrong with him. I'm like, what? I have not heard this until just this moment. What do you mean? And I, I didn't even let him finish. I said, let me just talk to George. So I called George in the middle of all this chaos. And George tells me that he had a root canal on Friday and it got infected. And that Saturday he really wasn't feeling well, but he thought it would he would be better. But Sunday he's still not feeling well and he's about to get on a plane and his jaw is swollen. And I'm like, George, I love you, but you may want to reconsider coming to Dallas in case there's some medical issue while in flight. It might not be the best thing for you to do. He goes, all right, I'll think about it. I said, well, you have, you know, whatever until you figure out your plans, but strongly consider not going and I'll just get someone else to cover you. So now I am taking off. I am messaging with the New York guys about what flight options there are. I'm messaging with the Boston crew about what flight options they have. They're going to rebook themselves, not on Delta, but now on JetBlue. But there's a concern if they take another flight on another airline that P2 Lou checked his glide cam vest as baggage on the Delta flight. Can he get the bag back? We don't know. I'm like, okay, he may get there, but he might have no vest to run the glide cam, which doesn't help me. I have no audio guy, or even if George gets there, which I don't know he is, um, he's probably not going to be able to work. So I start texting sound guys that I know in Texas. I am, I am also messaging other camera guys that I know just in case people don't get there. I let the client know there's been some travel logistics. I mean, these are all things that are happening at 30,000 feet. The best that I can communicate on text message and internet. And by the time I landed in Houston with a one hour connection window, you know, everything started to come flying in as far as people rescheduling and, you know, $1,500 to rebook. And I was like, I, I, I don't even know how to process this. Just, you know, do what you have to do and we will deal with it. The long and the short of it is that most of the crew got in, but much later than anticipated, including George, who basically had to leave the next morning. He went to an emergency dentist. Nothing got better. We sent him home the next morning and, and he's getting the proper care now, but not a great uh, health period for George. We were short one audio guy because I didn't book someone thinking that George was gonna be at least okay for setup, but it didn't work out that way. I also was short one camera guy because Doug couldn't get out of Philly. So again, the flexibility of my crew, uh, Mr. Christian stepped up. We put him on his camera, on Dougie's camera, which was a long lens tracking camera. And we gave up the slider camera position that Christian normally runs. And we scrambled and we hustled and we got everything done. 
but it was hairy and it wasn't pleasant and I wouldn't wish this on anyone. So that, my friends, is my Halloween nightmare. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.